Dr. Kimberly Wiley. I teach organizational leadership and nonprofits for the Department of Family, Youth, and Community Sciences at the University of Florida. In this podcast, I offer lessons from our course readings to support knowledge building and skill mastery and nonprofit leadership in management. In this episode, we'll talk about the competing values framework. So grab your article by Kim Cameron titled An Introduction to the Competing Values Framework, and let's get started. Take a minute and think about a boss that you've had in the past. Maybe it was in a for-profit organization where you worked maybe in sales or a restaurant, or maybe a nonprofit organization. Maybe you were employed employed there, or maybe you um, volunteered there for an internship or practicum site. Think about the leadership style of that organization and the impact it had on the organization itself. What were the strengths of this leader? I've worked with leaders with different strengths. One organization I worked for was very externally focused. We focused on bringing funds into the organization, on a strategic plan and fulfilling our goals, documented what we did to show that we had fulfilled our goals. It was all about moving forward, driving towards the future. And so in this organization, things went really well in terms of growth. It was a large organization with a lot of employees. We were able to capture the funds that we wanted to keep the organization going, and we were able to fulfill our goals. In this organization, however, there was high turnover, and our internal systems were quite dysfunctional. We spent a lot of time tracking things in ways that weren't really productive. It took a lot of our time. It wasn't efficient. People left the organization out of frustration. It wasn't a really helpful environment or a healthy environment to work in. Another organization where I've worked, the the leader was great at making sure the staff was happy, um, had what they needed. She was really great at developing new leaders in the organization. People considered their workplace um, like a a family. They, They looked at their colleagues and supported each other and considered them friends and family. Um, Our internal systems worked well. We were able to track what we were doing. Um, We didn't get frustrated with the different things that we had to document along the way because everything kind of flowed really nicely. However, we were small and we weren't growing. We weren't going anywhere um, in terms of growth, being innovative and fulfilling our mission and moving on to new goals. In that area, we weren't so strong. Now, think about your leader. What were their strengths? What went really well in the organization and what didn't go so well? And in this podcast episode, we'll talk about how we can focus our strengths in one area, but we also have to consider our weaknesses and make sure we have people on our team that can fulfill those areas maybe where we aren't so strong. About 30 years ago, a team at the University of Michigan got together to study management effectiveness. So they conducted a number of studies over time to better assess organizational culture, leadership roles, management skills, information processing styles, to see how we could measure effectiveness of leadership styles within organizations. And so They conducted studies over, continually over these last 30 years to better understand what does an effective leader do? 
What do they look like? What does this mean for the organization? How can we look at this organization and know if this leader is being effective? So this competing values framework identifies multiple values and how they're in competition with each other. How we can move forward and run an organization with these competing values is what's in question. So the beginning of this framework was based on for-profit organizations, but over time it's been developed to work well in any type, whether it's a nonprofit organization or a for-profit organization. A lot of what you'll read in this work is about ensuring efficiency, but think about it as you're reading about it and learning about it. Think about the question of mission fulfillment. How do we fulfill our mission? And every aspect of this framework, whether it's values, capacity building, um, retentions, think about what this means for mission fulfillment in an organization. The x-axis on this framework shares the internal and external focus. When we look externally in an organization, we're looking outward at in terms of competition, in terms of finding new donors, in terms of finding what's innovative, focusing on forward growth and our mission and our goals. We set a goal and we work towards it. On the other side, we have the internal focus. We want to make sure things in our organization are running smoothly. Our staff is happy and working well. Um, our internal processes um, are helping move our organization forward. So we've got this tension. How do we look external in our organization at the same time while we're focusing internally? Those two things are at, are at odds. If we look at our y-axis, the top we've got adaptability. At the bottom, we have control and order. On the one hand, we need to be adaptable and flexible to things going on around us in our organization. We need to be able to respond to innovative practices, new ideas. If we have a staff member that comes up with a great new idea, we need to be able to move forward and adapt. We also need to be flexible to the needs of our staff and our volunteers on the inside, particularly when there's a crisis at hand. We need to be able to respond and adapt. On the other end, we need order and stability. When people come to work, they need to know what to expect. Our systems need to be consistent. They need to work well. We need to have people on our team that can make that happen. But those two things are kind of at odds. On the one hand, we need to be flexible and adaptable. And on the other hand, we need to be sturdy and have control and order. Those two things don't go hand in hand. And when you overlay these two tensions, um, the grid starts to develop in front of us. So in the remainder of the semester, we're going to go through each corner points of this grid that we've just developed. So we're going to start with um, quadrant one on the bottom right where we have external focus, but control and order. This is our rational goal model. We're thinking strategically. We have a plan, it's a set plan, and we're working towards reaching those goals. That's what we'll cover in module four. In module five, we'll focus on internal process order and order. We'll focus on the, the technology, the systems that we have in place. We wanna have good, strong systems that our staff can rely on. And in Module 6, we'll look at human relations model. We want to make sure we have strong capacity and human resources, making sure we're developing new leaders, our staff are safe and healthy at work. We want to drive our human capacity and make sure we're fulfilling our mission, having the right people on the job. And then in Module 7, we'll look more 
at being adaptable and looking externally in our open systems model. We're going to be innovative. We're going to look towards new funding opportunities, new grants or philanthropy. So we're going to be looking outside in module seven. Each four of those components of this framework are important. Think of each quadrant as having a special capacity that's essential in your organization. Now, there's several interpretations of the model. Uh, so in different readings about this, this framework, this competing values framework, you'll see different terms. Um, there's not one that's right or wrong. Um, it's different scholars have tackled this competing values framework and explored it in depth. So think about it as you're interpreting it. Think about it in terms of a nonprofit organization and how each one of these capacities helps us fulfill our mission. Think about how you see these in the staff that work for you or the volunteers that work for you. Think about it in terms of your projects and think about it as a, your whole larger organization. spend some time going through each of the capacities within this competing values framework. In module four, we're going to spend that time looking at the strategic capacity. In module five, we'll look at internal process capacity. Module six, we'll look at human relations. And then in module seven, we'll focus on open systems and innovation capacity or innovative capacity. Quadrant number one is our strategic capacity quadrant. This is the bottom right, where we're focused externally on growth, achieving our mission, and it's about control, having a plan in place with set goals and steps to reach those goals. So in this capacity, we're really valuing mission fulfillment through goal fulfillment. Um, we want to make sure the goals are clear. And we have a step-by-step -step process for reaching them. So we're focused on our tasks, motivated, and we've got great personal productivity and intense goal focus. You can foster a productive work environment and manage time and energy and stress levels of the team. Sometimes when we have a goal in mind, we'll keep working and working and not stop uh, to kind of take a break and regulate. So we want to keep an eye on our team members that are really focused this way. Uh, some of the negative aspects are overachieving and being individualistic um, in terms of focus. Uh, when we have folks on the team that are really focused on the individual control and individual successes, that can destroy cohesion, destroy our, our team-based atmosphere. Planning, goal setting, role and task definitions. Everybody knows what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how they're going to get there. We want to design the rules and instructions to be clear. Often folks with strategic capacity, they directly supervise the work and they keep the team on task. So the problems here um, is they can sometimes be unreceptive or unfeeling, um, and that can be hurtful for team members when we're not sensitive or we're not being receptive to each other's needs. And so we want to make sure that we balance the strategic focus um, with keeping our team members in mind. Our second quadrant is going to be this internal process capacity or internal process model. Here we're focused on control and order and consistency, focused internally. 
in our organization. Here, a person with this strength, with this capacity, they're focused on stability, hierarchy, continuity, and it's defined through or attained through defining responsibilities, thinking about measurement and documentation. So a great person to, with this skill set, a great place to put them would be financial management, um, performance management, tracking what we're doing and how we're doing it, keeping things in order. Um, the, they can bring order to these things. Good at um, analyzing information. They're really good at critical thinking. Some of the negatives are it can sometimes be unimaginative and tedious, um, maybe neglecting the possibilities. Uh, I think about this when I work with people who are the, the real strict rule followers. Um, we're not allowed to do something because it's against the rules, or we have to do something because it's the rule that we have to do it. Um, so sometimes they neglect possible innovative ideas because it doesn't fit within the box. Now we're thinking about a leader or a coordinator. Uh, they're focused more on control, managing projects, uh, breaking down and designing work assignments and managing the dependencies across functions. Sometimes they can be skeptical or <laughs> cynical, which stifles our progress. The third quadrant our model focuses on human relations capacity. Here we want to be flexible and adaptable, and we're internally focused. The values wrapped up in this capacity, in this quadrant of our framework, are commitment, cohesion and morale, through involvement, participation, through looking at conflict resolution and teamwork, consensus building. We want to bring people together. The role has an internal focus or an internal slant. So a facilitator within an organization may be focused on team building, managing conflict. We have participatory decision-making processes where we get together and talk things through and come to an agreement. From a um, leadership role or a mentorship role, we want people with people skills, those that understand them themselves and others with effective communication and personnel development. Some of the negatives is sometimes it can be overly democratic as an individual or as a process, um, maybe too participative. This is great when you have everyone on board, and you have a communal space, everyone agrees and everyone has buy-in, but it takes longer. Sometimes you may not have time. Some folks that you might find in some of the other quadrants with those strengths may not have the, passion, the patience for the slow process of talking things through in a collective space. Um, some of the other negatives um, are that person with really great strengths and human relations capacity, maybe soft-hearted and permissive. Um, and so we have a little bit of trouble with authority in the organizations. Now, when it comes to nonprofits, we're going to see more um, communal or participative decision-making just by nature of the space. Um, so it's really important to have this capacity, really strong human relations capacity. A lot of nonprofits. It's not all of them, but a lot of them you're dealing face-to-face -face with people that you serve and then you have the people in your organizations that you want to make sure that you take care of. You want to make sure you're developing leaders from your frontline staff so that when other leaders maybe retire or move on to other jobs, you have leaders ready to come up and take over those positions. So there are great strengths, but there's also some negatives that kind of go in conflict with um, those maybe strategic 
capacity where we're just trying to move forward. We've got a plan. We need to move forward. Um, but those with human relations capacity and organizations that value this recognize that individuals need flexibility. They need to adapt to the environment and the organization needs to adapt as well. four quadrants is innovative capacity. Here we have an open systems model. We focused on flexibility and adaptability and focused outward, externally. The values that you find in this quadrant are innovation, adaptation and growth uh, through external bargaining, that brokering and negotiation, through creative problem solving. We value innovation and change management. We're going to be externally focused, looking outward to build and maintain resource networks. We want to present new concepts and ideas, negotiate agreements and commitments. Some of the risks here or the negative pieces are sometimes these folks can be a bit opportunistic and overly aspiring, which that's a great thing until it disrupts continuity. If we're constantly chasing new ideas but not seeing them through, we're setting up a good plan to see them through, um, then it can be very disruptive. We all have that person that we know that, or maybe we're that person, that great ideas, really, really good ideas, but not a lot of follow through. <laughs> um, also, an innovator, we're going to see them living with change, adapting and managing change, really creative thinking. Problem is, some of the negatives here is sometimes it can be unrealistic about what our organization can do right now with the resources that we have. So it's good to have a great idea and then you make a plan on how you're going to get there. Sometimes it can be impractical and waste energy. If we're sitting around thinking of new ideas and what to do, we may not be focusing on the goals and the, the mission that we have at Cambrian. Innovative capacity is very valuable. It helps us find new funding sources. It helps us grow our program. It helps us to be adaptive to the changing environment environment around us. I'll think back to that boss that I asked you to think of earlier. Now in terms of this framework, where does that boss fit? Which capacity held their strengths? Were they strong? Think about the organization as a whole. Where was the organization strong? Do you, did those two match? Did they have people on their team that helped them fulfill the other needs that they had in their organization? You can tell kind of by their behavior and the things that they did day to day, really what they value. Did they value innovation? Did they value order and structure, um, internal processes in the org? You're going to see this breakdown in your decision-making and leadership activity this week. So think about the different behaviors and activities that you saw in that leader. How did they demonstrate uh, that they valued one type of capacity over the other. What did they do? What did they talk about? So you're going to look at the behavior of an organizational leader on social media and see if you can categorize that behavior based on their social media messaging, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, uh, wherever it is. And you're going to interpret that behavior as human resource capacity, open systems capacity, internal process capacity or strategic capacity. In this episode, we talked about Quinn's competing values framework. 
In the next episode, we'll talk about rational decision-making, 